0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan. How's it going?
0: It's going well. I'm a man with, with no home at work, I guess. Yeah,
1: I've been seeing the a pictures that. man without a home.
0: Yep. We're in that, that limbo stage between old building and new building.
1: So so old building, you were done this week. Yep. When, uh, when do you go in the new building? Monday. Okay, so... so
0: it's just a few days, but it's, it's not.
1: Just- Really, that limbo is yeah. kind of strange. Right, because you couldn't go in if you want cuz you you've done some like work from anywhere and oh, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. Like that but your office is not there. No. Like you're just there's nothing. Yeah, that's a little weird.
0: So, all of my stuff is packed up in a bunch of crates and it's hopefully will arrive in the in the correct place. It's up to the movers now.
1: That's amazing.
0: I did my part. So, but uh yeah, so big week for Lifeway. Moving into the new building next week and uh, just, it's been an exciting week.
1: And let me just say what I saw on social media. Um, you, you all really did it well. It looks like you had a block party for employees. Yeah, it was and a blast. Just kind of had, have made it, you've made the process really fun.
0: Yes. Selma Wilson has been in charge of uh, kind of leading that culture change to the new building. And they've, they've yeah. done a good job of leading change as we've uh, moved from our big campus That's now great. to the new campus.
1: That's great. Well, speaking of LifeWay, I'm actually headed there. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning before I head to the airport and go spend the weekend uh, in Hendersonville yep. at the LifeWay Women's Leadership Forum.
0: With 1,749 of your favorite people.
1: Wow. I didn't know that was a yeah. number, but that's a lot. It's, so it's a I hope big, you get to talk big one. Some. Yeah. So that's once they person. moved
0: it off campus, uh, they right. were able to host more. And, and now, you know, instead of the seven or 800, they were able to host whenever they had them on campus. And Van Ness Auditorium, now they're off campus at Long Hollow, so they're able to host so many more. So the the women's forum has just blown up. So if you're in women's leadership in your church or something, that's something you need to look into for 2018, the uh, leadership forum with Lifeway Women.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, before we jump into this week's news, uh, we do want to thank our sponsor. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. You'll be hanging out with some of those uh, Southern Seminary folks next week at ETS, won't you?
1: Yes, yeah, headed to Providence, uh, Evangelical Theological Society. Nerd prom. Annual meeting. Uh, It's, you know... <laughs> I mean, she was going to push
0: back at that, and then she went, "No, you're right."
1: At, well, everyone talks about things that are interesting to them. Yes, and it's a great it is a great opportunity for particularly for uh, doctoral students, um, but also, I mean, a lot of uh, academics at higher levels to share um, papers on things they're working on. It's a good, uh, just a good opportunity to kind of spur one another on. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it it gets a little heady.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary will be represented well, I'm sure, at ETS as well, yeah. uh, all of our other seminaries. And of the two people on this podcast, only one of us is presenting a paper at ETS.
1: What are you presenting on? I, I don't think so. <laughs> There's a, a session that I have attended for the last few years. It's a, a session... It's a kind of a niche group, a specialized group.
0: Go figure, um, an ETS.
1: Study a study group on Wendell Berry, and so I've been for a few years. And then I, I moderated a panel um, last year, and so next week I'm um, just giving a presentation on uh, farming, actually.
0: All right, the tobacco, tobacco farming girl from Cheatham County, Tennessee.
1: That right. Robertson County. Oh, sorry, Robertson right, County. That's right, right. Right over the line. Just yes. need to correct you on that. It's <laughs> important that you get that right.
0: The running but, gag.
1: Yes. So uh so yeah, that's Friday afternoon. Um, looking forward to that. But it'll be a little interesting because typically uh when I'm there, I'm just focused on we have an event on Wednesday night and uh the um the Southeastern Theological Fellowship. And so we'll usually I'm just worried about that dinner. But I'm going to be like focusing on helping with the dinner on Wednesday and then spending a lot of time uh, in my room probably getting ready for uh, Friday afternoon after that. So
0: all anyway, right. but well, it'll be
1: fun. It'll be great to see people.
0: So, Amy, I know you will have a great time up in Rhode Island. All the best uh, to you, Keith, the whole gang from Southeastern, everybody from all of our Southern Baptist seminaries. But we start with some tragic news out of Texas this week, a shooting at a Southern Baptist church outside of San Antonio I uh, took the lives of 26 this past Sunday.
1: That was just stunning. I was just hanging out uh here at the house in the afternoon and saw an alert that came uh through about another church shooting. And when I saw the name First Baptist, you know, Sutherland Springs, of course then immediately what you do is go start checking is this an SBC church. Um and it and it is um and what's interesting is it's it's not uh, it's not that that makes it any more um tragic it's just all of a sudden you just feel like it's a gut punch yeah. like you realize th- you're more connected is, to it right these are this people that right these are people that we um are, are are in cooperation with and so then you you just start wanting to sort of know more and as the news continued to come out it just never stopped like shocking me and and never stopped just crushing me so um it, it's, it's been an incredible week uh, processing that news.
0: And SBC leaders have stepped up to the plate. Our North American Mission Board is paying for the funerals of all 26 victims. And Steve Gaines, the president of the SBC, as well as Frank Page, the president and CEO of the executive committee, uh, were in Texas this week uh, meeting with the families, talking with them, talking with those in the area. The outpouring of support from Southern Baptist has been enormous and touching at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I know we are all grieving uh, this loss of life, uh, Southern Baptist or not. But uh, you mentioned right. you know, that, that connection that binds us. Uh, it will be a, a, a long road to recovery for this community.
1: Yes. And that's one thing to remember is so many of our Southern Baptist churches are, um, are small churches and are in uh, small towns and rural areas. And I thought a lot about that because that, that was what our church was um, in Virginia was in a, a small town. Um a lot of rural areas around and any loss of life is is just major, but when it's in these small churches and small towns, no one is unaffected like everyone has lost someone yeah
0: everyone is is and, impacted by this,
1: yeah and the story of this church um has changed I and mean, this is their story forever and uh it, it it's just incredible to think of, of how um, it's incredible to think of uh, of how major this is and I think that was t- that that struck me a lot to think not only is this a Southern Baptist Church, but this is a small church and so they're going to continue to need um, prayers and support uh, for a very, very long time.
0: Well we have some other news that could have been tragic uh, but this one was averted in Benton, Kentucky. Uh, Dustin Wright, a 24-year-old man, and from Calvert City, was charged Wednesday for threatening to burn down Zion's Cause Baptist Church, uh, which is pastored by Charles Fraser, who's being nominated for the uh, the KBC presidency. Uh, Wright is a member of the Ku Klux Klan and talked to uh, Pastor Frazier and threatened to burn the church down. Said he came into the uh, the church and said that he became belligerent, telling the church secretary that he was a member of the Klan and he would return and burn down the church. Uh, So they called the authorities, and he has been arrested on counts of terroristic threatening, Amy.
1: Wow, that's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, it it is. I mean, I can only imagine what the church secretary is sitting there thinking, you know, guy is threatening to burn down the church, yelling, being belligerent. I mean, I'm glad the the threats were the only uh, outcome in this.
1: Yeah, uh, that's kind of amazing. We'll follow this story if we see anything else pop up on this particular case, because uh, he's he's just been charged uh, and is in jail right now. But obviously, uh, this will, uh, will have to continue.
0: All right, back over to Texas, Amy. Some news out of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. They are cutting 30 full-time staff in selected areas throughout the seminary to make up for a financial shortfall in a news release this week by Charles Patrick Jr., the Vice President for Strategic Initiatives and Communications at the seminary. Uh, they acknowledge that they are not able to stay within their $36.8 million budget for fiscal year 2018. This just comes a couple of months into the fiscal year. Uh, so projecting out the the fact that they will not be able to meet the budget, so they are cutting back. The 30 jobs that will be cut will uh, basically be about 10% of the workforce. They have 300 full-time and another 565 part-time employees up there in Fort Worth. Uh, Patrick, in in the release, attributed the cuts to... Uh, rising healthcare costs, as well as fewer hours being taken by students. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this, see if any other cuts are needed at Southwestern to maintain uh, their financial integrity at the school. And uh, we'll just follow the story and see if anything else comes out later in the year. And now Amy, over to North Carolina. You were at the annual meeting of the North Carolina Baptists this week. A couple of interesting developments over there. They passed a resolution about the alt right. Uh, there's a story in the Biblical Recorder that we're linking to about that. But uh, that wasn't the only thing that happened at the Baptist annual meeting in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, so I was there on um, Monday and uh, did not get to be there on Tuesday. I had met an, an, another meeting, but uh, some of our staff was there, uh, and it was uh, it was a full you know place by the time I was there on Monday night. Uh, there were a lot of, a lot of different things going on, a lot of uh, breakouts, a lot of uh, ways to sort of support and, and help uh, the, the churches that had come. But in the, the meeting, the resolution was sort of the main the main thing, the resolution denouncing racism, uh, which as you said, we're gonna link to the biblical record article so people can see the text of it. But it it addressed um, the SBC resolution on the alt-right from this year, but then also added a few more uh, sort of statements from North Carolina Baptists to that. So that seemed to get the most discussion, um, but also, you know, a a handful of of other things that were dealt with.
0: Yep. And one of us on this podcast was elected to a position in North Carolina.
1: Yes, I was actually um, elected to a spot on the historical committee. Yes. So I'm excited about that.
0: I bet you are. Knowing you, I bet you are really jazzed about that. All right, and Amy, also you mentioned that you were there on Monday, and I know the parliamentarian in you uh, probably wants to speak out about a parliamentary <laughs> issue uh, that was facing the North Carolina Baptist on Monday.
1: Oh, yeah. So it was a, it was a challenge, um, and this is a challenge that we find in pastors' conferences. Yes, because,
0: because they aren't real organizations.
1: Right. I mean, and I say
0: real. I mean, like official organizations with bylaws, with membership like that. It's very loose. And whenever you have loose rules, you don't have rules, really.
1: Right. Because it's not an organization that is set up for how officers are. But you have to have someone because someone has to plan the next year's event. Um, And actually, in North Carolina, they elect their president two years out. So that way it gives people sort of time to plan and prepare. So this was the election for the president. Uh, of the 2019 pastors conference, but it was contested and these are not always contested. So these are our problems that we don't think about when you're dealing with uncontested elections. Um, But if you remember a couple of years ago in St. Louis at the SBC pastors conference, we had a a contested presidential election. Dave Miller ultimately won that, but the vote was too close to call in the room. And so um, they uh, they did have some, uh, like a, a an ad, a half page ad or whatever, that had made it into a ballot just in case. So then everyone kind of had to scramble, and they used ballots. Yeah. Um. But we had uh, the same thing here in North Carolina. We had a contested election for president of the pastors' conference, and um, I was in the room uh, and was just sitting in there watching. And it was the same thing. It was too close to call, and so they did. Um,
0: but the problem was,
1: they they did not have ballots. Yes. And, um, and these are things like you just don't, you, you, you don't necessarily think about because in most cases, you're not going to have that being too close to call, particularly if it's not contested. I mean, obviously it won't be. And so, uh, they raised hands. It was too close to call. They asked everybody, okay, let's raise hands again, raise them high. Um, again, too close to call. So then they went to the next thing, which is very normal to a standing vote. So you have people stand cause you can see it. Uh, a little bit more easily. And even in standing, it was, it was very, very close. Um, at that point, um, the, the folks on stage felt like they could determine, but it was a very, very uh, thin margin. And so they had to make a judgment call in that moment. But I think, cause I even heard them kind of say, we don't have any ballots and, and they had to deal with the situation as it was. Um, but it shows how, you know, uh, you almost just have to be prepared for anything. It was like a replay of St. Louis, uh, where we had three, <laughs> um, three, you know, three yeah. votes, too close to call, too close to call, you know, and then it comes, but anyway,
0: we only had two votes in St. Louis, Amy.
1: Right. There was a third one that was scheduled. Yes. But we did not, we did not actually take it. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it just shows even in these, uh, conferences, you know, these conference elections that are not organizations. Sometimes you just have to be prepared for anything. So, uh, I, I think in talking to next year's um, pastors conference president, uh, I, he he mentioned, I think maybe we need to have ballots. So, you know, th- these are how you learn. <laughs> we things. learn
0: from things. Yeah, this is forward. how you
1: learn things. But uh, but anyway, it made for some just interesting time there. Uh, But I had a great time. Uh, Southeastern had a couple of booths and we had a luncheon and and just lots of different events. There was a Young Pastors Network dinner.
0: I heard a lot of good things Uh, about that.
1: Went to that and it was a full- You're a young pastor, Amy. No, I am not. But we got (laughs) called out in it because we slid in a little bit late, had some things that uh, Keith was- You were there for
0: Southeastern, I know.
1: Taken care of. And so we had, uh, we slid in and we sat at a table where at first it was just us, then a few other people slid in. So, uh, Matt Caps was on the stage, um, doing some Q and A and then he noticed us in the back and he said, it looks like the Woodfields are having a date night back there. <laughs>
0: uh, so That's it funny. was kind of
1: funny, but, uh, but a few other people came in. So we got an opportunity to interact. Uh, but it was really encouraging to see all of those young pastors there. Uh, so I don't know if that type of initiative is happening in other states, but I, I think it should. Yes, um, we we had Matt just,
0: and John Mark on the the podcast. We we right. we love what's going on with the North Carolina Young Pastors Network there.
1: Right. So just seeing that level of engagement because those were people that then were going into the uh, the meeting hall and being a part of things. So. Uh, really, uh, really important. All but right. anyway, I'd still say the resolution denouncing racism was the big discussion of the week. Obviously, budget approvals, other yes. things like Speaking
0: that. Speaking of budget, thirty-one million dollar budget, massive budget. North Carolina, an increase of six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. They're going forty-one percent of CP funds will be forwarded onto national causes. That's a half a percent uptick from last year. Also, they announced that uh, North Carolina is the top giving state for Lottie Moon and the number two state for. Annie Armstrong. They gave $13.6 million to Lottie Moon last year, $6.2 million to Annie Armstrong, the number one and number two, respectively, in those categories in the SBC. Pretty awesome there. And then also they elected Lee Pig, the pastor of Hopewell Baptist Church in Monroe, as the president for 2018. Joel Stevens, pastor of Wakefield Central Baptist Church in Zebulon, was reelected as first vice president. And J.D. Grant was reelected as second vice president and also elected Amy Whitfield as member of the historical committee.
1: That, that was on a list with a lot of other people. Yeah, that but it was, was
0: important. Was it's important to us, Amy.
1: Yeah, thanks. All right, over it in is, Wyoming,
0: Amy. We got a new name.
1: Yeah, so it's the Wyoming Southern Baptist Mission Network. And that was not without a lot of
0: discussion. No, and that was not the original plan because right. uh, Quinn Williams p- offered a compromise amendment to the original motion, adding Southern to Wyoming Baptist Mission Network, or which would what was intended, and uh, they approved that to a three-to-one paper ballot. They wanted to keep Southern Baptist in the name.
1: Yeah, so it says, th- this is the way the, the sentence is phrased in the Baptist press story, the name change evoked spirited discussion. So it would have been interesting to hear some of the um, arguments for and against. Some people thought that the word Southern was an important identifier because it connected them with the Southern Baptist Convention, I guess. But then others thought that it didn't have as much value because it's Wyoming. So, you know, it's a, it's a northern state. Um, but uh, I guess they were going to change it from Wyoming Southern Baptist Convention to Wyoming Baptist Mission Network. And so then the compromise was just putting Southern in that other name. Uh, but it passed three to one.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, and they had ballots as well.
1: Yes. Yes, Paper they ballots. did. Paper ballots. It says well, right every, there. Now, let me just be clear. So I'm not picking North Carolina had but, paper
0: ballots too at the annual meeting. Yeah.
1: Yes. So at the, at the, at the meeting itself, which has bylaws and, and all of those things, they're going to put those things in place. These pastors conferences are, are really, because it passes from one person to the next. So I, I want to be fair there, but they did go to a paper ballot vote on this. Um, and it was three to one, uh, there were 97 messengers. So. Um, they they mentioned that it's it's a small convention, so everything is you know if you think about it, every, it's it's a little bit different. I think when things get spirited, as they say, or maybe heated or whatever. I mean, you, it's not a lot of people, so there can be a, a real emotion connected with it. And so the compromise um, sounds like it was it was a good thing.
0: Yep, they also passed a one point three million dollar budget without discussion. Uh, that includes five hundred and fifty five thousand dollars from Wyoming Southern Baptist Churches, and they kept their CP split at 32.75%. John Constantine was elected president. John Laramendi was elected the first vice president. Dean Whitaker was elected second vice president. All of those were unopposed. Cherry Mickelson uh, was reelected as the recording secretary, and Renee Hansen was reelected as the assistant recording secretary. Both of those unopposed and by acclamation. And Amy, they, they mentioned in here also that Wyoming has 16 church plants, five seed congregations and 19 potential church planters out there in uh, Wyoming. So a lot of work going on out there in Wyoming that uh, we don't hear about a lot.
1: Excellent. That's great.
0: All right, Amy, back to Tennessee. Got a couple of stories here. One related to next week's annual meeting. Uh, Tennessee Baptists have decided to uh, disfellowship the First Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Tennessee. Uh, They elected Ellen DeGiosia as the senior pastor recently, and they will not seat messengers from that. There's been some stories about that, even an open letter uh, from some different Tennessee Cooperative Baptist Fellowship leaders in the state here. Uh, We'll keep an eye on this next week. The Tennessee Mission Board's annual meeting is here in the Nashville area up in Hendersonville. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it up there to that or not because of the first days at Lifeway in the new building. Uh, But it's something that I've been watching online, and we will continue to watch Next week,
1: and finally, we have some news from Lifeway—a uh, nationwide Bible drive hosted uh, by Lifeway. Uh, this is kind of cool. So it's um, it, it's an opportunity for people to bring Bibles into Lifeway Christian stores that they can donate to uh, other people, local yep. ministries, mission organizations. That's a great. That's a really great idea because I have a, a lot of Bibles in my house. Uh, that could probably be put to good use. Yep.
0: So each of the Lifeway stores has a local ministry that that your Bible would go to. So yours in Raleigh and Wake Forest would go to a local area uh, ministry there. Uh, last year we collected fourteen thousand Bibles. This year's Bible drive is from November seventeenth through the twenty second, and uh, they are asking that you donate gently used Bibles. Or purchase new ones and LifeWay to be donated. Uh, we have a lot of those $5 Bibles. These are great. You can go in there for 20 bucks and donate four Bibles to a needy ministry in your local area. So swing by your local LifeWay stores for that. And then finally, uh, LifeWay, we mentioned it. We are moving into the new building next week. The new store opened this week at LifeWay.
1: That's exciting. I'm looking forward to going into the new one.
0: Yeah, it is open today and tomorrow and uh, Saturday as well. I mean, if you can make it downtown, you can swing by and see the new store. Beth went last night. She's at a writer's conference. She's yeah. actually been in the new building, and I have not, um, which That's is kinda cool. kind of different. Did not expect yeah. that one, uh, but I have refused to go to the new building until team first day. Yeah. yeah, so I, I'm, I'm waiting for Monday patiently, and uh, my wife beat me to the punch.
1: Well, I like this uh, this story, the BP story, the picture from the outside. The, yeah, the door is it really looks cool. so
0: good. The inside, from what I've heard, is just amazing as well.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, if I don't get to see it this weekend, then I'll definitely have to catch it over Christmas.
0: And catch it on the Facebook Live next week on our Facebook page. We'll be pushing that out too. So I'll be doing a Facebook Live next week. So hopefully yes. keeping my footing throughout the entirety of the video. Yes. All right. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC History. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right. So we're going to go to 1962 just to show how uh, state convention season now it was state convention season then. Um, and and we're always talking about resolutions that get passed. And it's just interesting to look back at old resolutions, particularly when you uh, think about what's going on, because most of the time it's what's going on in culture around us that will spark um, resolutions, and so uh, it it's the it's the issue the Baptist Press issue from November eleventh, nineteen sixty two, and um, there are actually a few articles in there. There's one about the Michigan State Convention reaffirming um, its belief in Scripture. Um, it's there's a one about you know Alabama and um, there's one about the Alabama State Convention having this is actually about their CP passing the five million dollar mark. Um, but there's a story down in like the, I don't know, third or fourth page, something like that, close to the end, um, that it was Arkansas. So the Arkansas Baptist State Convention adopted um, a resolution on a nuclear war.
0: Were they for it or against it?
1: Um, well, it was urging repentance and prayer during a time of great danger of nuclear war. So it said, and I don't actually have the text of the whole. Because this would have been
0: Cuban Missile Crisis and all that, right?
1: Yes. So it was right after that. It had been in October. And we've talked a lot about that on the news lately as we kind of passed that major um, anniversary. And so they resolved that in the great danger of nuclear war, that our people be called to repentance and prayer for the leaders of our nation and of other nations of the world, that the will of God shall be done upon the earth. Um, and then they also had a resolution on human rights. We reaffirm our belief in the Christian doctrine of the dignity of man, the flower of God's creation, and believe that human personality everywhere is worthy of respect and love. We further rejoice in every victory toward this end. So it's just interesting to think about these Southern Baptists or these Arkansas Baptists coming together a month after everyone was really living in, you know, kind of some fear over this. Um, and that, you know, this is the time of, uh, shelters people are developing and, and drills at school. You know, my parents would, would talk about that. Um, so to just take in that as they came together and they get ready to pass resolutions, these are the things that they're talking about. Um, nothing super surprising in that, but it just, uh, was interesting to me to say, you know, if you really want to know what was on the heart of, um, Baptists during, you know, all of these major times, go to the resolutions, go to the resolutions that the SBC passed in that, uh, that summer, go to the resolutions that the States were passing. And it really tells you what's on the heart uh, of these people. Um, so I just found it really interesting. Uh, we, we're seeing right now a lot of, um, a lot of resolutions on race relations. That's you know something that's going on. Um, we're seeing a lot of resolutions on uh, Planned Parenthood. You know other things because that's what's around us. Um, but there was a day when nuclear war was uh, something major to think about, and it was important for Baptists to speak. For the Baptists of those days to speak and say uh, how they were going to face uh, this reality. And so that was just something very interesting that all happened this week in SBC history.
0: Very cool. I'm glad that they were against nuclear war. All right. Um, that's going to move us on. And that they
1: were praying. And, and, they, and were that praying. they were praying. Yes. yes praying absolutely.
0: against nuclear war. All right. Yes. Well, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is Grant, a new biography from Ron Chernow, uh, the the author of Hamilton, Washington. Now he's done a big bio on Grant. I'm blowing through this thing, and it is absolutely fascinating, Amy. Really pushes back against the drunkard narrative that I think has been cast toward Grant and explains that a lot more, explains the problems he did have with alcoholism, uh, as well as, you know, a lot of detail about what was going on in the South leading up to Mm -hmm. and during the Civil War uh, as it regards, you know, race relations and slavery. Grant was one of the foremost leaders in abolishing slavery and and seeing the human dignity in african americans that had been brought here against their will for slave trade um just an amazing story and and i am absolutely loving this this book i got it on audible so i'm like flying through it i can't listen to anything else it seems like in my car right now it's just so fascinating so i'm really really enjoying that so if you're looking for a good bio to read i can't recommend another one any more uh than the grant bio by ron chernow that just came out last month your resource of the week is?
1: Mine is uh, a new record that I'm really excited about um, that is coming out. It's a vinyl record that's coming. I'm getting it through the Magnolia Record Club, which I'm in. Um, but it's called The Neighborliest Christmas.
0: Oh, I, I thought and you were going to talk about the new Taylor Swift album that drops today. That we're, No. No?
1: I didn't even know that Taylor Swift's album was dropping this week. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, But this is Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. So I'm a big fan of that um, group as well as Ellie Holcomb. as well as his wife, yes. Yes. And uh, so they've had some albums called A A Neighborly Christmas and Another Neighborly Christmas. They've now put them on vinyl. So you actually get them through the Magnolia Record Club, which I am a member of, and it's pretty cool. If you like vinyl records, they send you one every month that they kind of curate. Um but you can also go back and get those other albums, you know a neighborly Christmas or another neighborly Christmas as well if you aren't interested uh in getting the vinyl record but they're and they're doing a couple of uh concerts, I think one may be in your neck of the woods of uh, course. Of yeah course. um at the Skirmerhorn, horn i think oh really uh, uh yeah a a neighborly Christmas, but anyway, just some cool Christmas music coming out that's the one I'm excited about every year I'm looking so. I'm going to throw that as my resource, but really just say everyone go look and see what new Christmas music is coming out um, because it's just about that time um, to some people are pulling it out already. Well, that was going to
0: be my next question, Amy. Are you pro or against Christmas music before Thanksgiving?
1: I'm not hardline either way. I typically wait myself until the week of Thanksgiving, but I don't tell people, you know, you can't do that or that's, you know, I'm totally against it. Uh, Mary is all about like. Playing the Christmas music, turn it on the Hallmark channel already. And so we kind of let that, uh, we kind of let that ride here in the house. Um, but I don't really pull it out a whole lot because I like the anticipation. So I have a Thanksgiving playlist that I make. So, so leading up month, to Thanksgiving. Right. So in the month of November, if I'm really wanting to do something festive, I go to that.
0: Now, is that on Spotify? Do you have a, a Spotify playlist that you can no, share with I the listeners? It,
1: I do it through iTunes.
0: Oh, well, okay. Yeah. No sharing. I could
1: make that though.
0: That would be fun. You should I'll do that. See. I would enjoy a good Thanksgiving playlist.
1: Yeah, I'll see. Uh, I'll see if I can work on that.
0: All right, sounds good. All right, well, that's gonna do it for us this week. You've got a trip coming down to Nashville for a forum this week, so be careful with that. Enjoy forum. Uh, probably won't get to see you this week while you're here in town, just because the different places we will be. Uh, but uh, next week we'll have more information from state annual meetings. I know Ohio's going on right now. We have. Reports that we're still waiting on from some of the northern states. And, you know, the delays in those are usually because the news agencies wait to release those, uh, with their state papers. So, right. uh, there's always just a little bit of a lag there. Uh, not all of them get them out the day of, like North Carolina. So kudos to, uh, Seth Brown and the, the guys over at the Biblical Recorder. They cranked out some stories this week. About what was going on over there in North Carolina, but uh, we will keep an eye on everything. I'm excited about the first week at the new building at Lifeway next week. Watch us on Facebook and Twitter for more information from that, and we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.